The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, Yankees Week in Review. Listen in throughout the baseball season as we will go over the week that was for the New York Yankees. We'll talk about what went right, what went wrong this week, this day in Yankees history, Yankees birthdays, and predictions of what the Bronx Bombers record will be at the end of the upcoming week. 1420 Yankees Week in Review, the Yankee Tavern North, brought to you by Seeking. So put on your pinstripes, grab a beer, and let's get in. little bit overdue here. The uh, New York New York Yankees uh, season in review, 14-20 style. I'm joined by the Long Island prognosticator, the Nostradamus of Long Island areas, Jim, the fan in the van. I st- I think he's still a Yankee fan, but we'll uh, we'll ask him right now. Jim, how you doing? Uh, doing a lot better than the Yankees, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, I, I can't. I, I can't be that guy who changes fandom because your team's friggin' shit in the bed year in and year out for over a decade. You know, you, you, you pick a team, you stick with the team. That Through the ups, the downs, it's, you know, it's one of those marriages you just can't get a divorce from. Yeah, it's one of those abusive, uh, abusive wives. I think we're so be- be- beating us up, let alone us uh, beating them up. But the yep. uh, for some unknown reason, uh, 30 some plus 40 some days uh, since the season ended for the Yankees. Uh, both Hal, uh, uh, Hal and and uh, Cashman decided to flap their gums this week. We're talking, I don't even know what they were talking about. We'll get into uh, uh, Steinbrenner a little bit later. But let's start with Cashman. He kind of got a little bit honorary with the uh, the reporters that were sitting there and he's saying he was swearing, which is, was like a, kind of a bad look. I mean, you and I swear all the time, but when you're when you're the head of the New York Yankees, you probably should. Uh, watch your P's and Q's a little bit, but basically he said, oh. you know, I, I think we're pretty fucking good. And and the thing is, you're not. You were 82 and 80 this year. You're not pretty good. Like, pretty good gets you one get one more game in the playoffs. We talked about it before. That it, just because you make a wild card round, you get two more games and you're done. I don't think that makes you a pretty good team. Well, what's your thoughts on that? Pretty good? What the fuck was he smoking before that press conference? Because I want some of that. Because they were pretty mediocre at best. Uh-huh. And, and there's no way this team was pretty good because pretty good is getting you a division championship uh, by in the first round without having to play the wild card and then playing maybe Houston or whoever else. But that didn't happen. No playoffs, no nothing. Early, early end to the season. That's not pretty good. Again, I don't know what Cashman's smoking, what he's looking at, what what analytics he's reading, but. It's not what we're seeing. It's not what it's not what we've seen for 162 games. It was pretty much a disaster, even worse than mediocre. It was disastrous at every level. The only you shining know, stars you had were Garrett Cole. That was it. I was just like, it's like you read my mind there, Jim. It's uh, you had Garrett Cole who had it's going to win the Cy Young. No, no, there's no getting around that. And he's finally like he's one of those guys. Whatever they're paying him. 30 million bucks a year, whatever it is. I don't, I don't really care because it's something I, I will never understand how much money that actually is. But you, um, you're paying a guy to, to do what he did. And it's, it's fine. It finally came to fruition last year, uh, with, with Cole. And you think if they didn't have Cole and his 16 wins, whatever he ended up with, and then the quality start after quality start and everything else, because wins they don't really add up very much anymore because you get, they get taken out of the game so, so early. It's so, so much different nowadays. But you, if they didn't have Cole, but they do, but they, if they didn't have Cole, how, how, how much worse would this team have been because they only finished a couple of games above, uh, above the Red Sox. They would have been a 
last place team in the American League East. They absolutely would have been a last place team without Garrett Cole because you had injury after injury, and the next guy to step up couldn't step up, and Cole is the only guy you knew every fifth game you, in essence, could rely on him to give you five, six, possibly even seven good innings. But the other problem was when he's giving you quality starts, the offense is shit in the bed. So, that, yeah, that's <laughs> it's crazy to think that a, that a team that's uh, the Bronx Bombers, as they're called, you got the short porch out, out in right field. Uh, for a team year in, year out to not have many quality left handed bats in their lineup, and, and you and I, uh, I, I think by anybody who watches baseball think, okay, if you if you have more left-handed bats in your lineup, you probably have a, have a better chance of hitting some home runs with that short porch. Why can't the Yankees go out and find some left-handed bats to, to bolster that lineup, to hit some more home runs? And it, we'll get into another thing of that. But they, they don't get guys on base. And you, you say injuries too. Well, let's, let's get into that. Why does it seem like that when the Yankees get guys, I think you've talked about it before, when they get guys uh, from trades or free agency or whatever it is, I'm going to talk, talk about both, they always seem to get hurt or they come in as damaged goods. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it. CC Sabathia was a prime example. Granted, he gave us some good years. We got a World Series out of it. But he came in with how many friggin' innings on that arm as it is, throwing complete game after complete game after complete game. You know, and then he was hurt from a time being. We get Carlos Rodon. How do you not know he has this back issue? Like, are they looking at the full medical report? You know, you do a physical before you sign a guy, right? So, obviously, they either misread the physical or they didn't give him one. And they just said, eh, here's X amount of years and 160 plus million. And if you're hurt, fuck it. Who cares? That That's kind of, I think, how this is working out in, in the Bronx as far as signing guys and bringing them in. It's like, well, you know what? The fans want big names. And if you're damaged, we don't care. We'll just bring you in and we'll appease the fan that way. But the fans want big names, but the fans also want wins. They want championships. They want playoff appearances. We want October baseball. You think anybody wanted to watch Rangers Diamondbacks in the World Series? No. Well, I, I think to watch. just want to watch that with you to make sure your, your prediction was right from back in August. One of those I, things. I literally watched not one inning of baseball playoff. None at all. Because I got asked, why am I not discussing it? And I flat out said because once the Yankees are out, I couldn't watch it. Yeah, I watched the first the first game of the, the World Series. Like it was a really good good baseball game. And after that, my interest waned quite a bit. They're just not not two sexy teams at all. By that uh, oh. that you want to watch. Yeah, and you, you talk about guys like Rodon came in, but the one that really and uh, everybody was looking for it. And maybe that's that, that's uh, as dumb as this sounds. The one guy was Frankie Montas, who basically hasn't thrown an inning for the Yankees at all. They got him, and he didn't pitch at all. Didn't do a damn thing. And then then the Cashman can come back and say, "Well, we're just giving the fans what they wanted. The the, the, the name was out there." Well. If you're so smart, why you listen to us idiots? Like if, if you're the, if you're this smart savant, the baseball savant that you claim you are, why are you the why are you listening to the fans who are saying, well, we're giving the fans what they want. This is what they, they say they wanted, so we went went out and got it. Yeah, I, as far as Frankie Montas and the fact that he's willing to even bring him back, why? What has this guy offered us? What what has he done? We 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 trade for him. He gets hurt, what, in the first game he pitches? He's out the rest of that year. He's out this whole year. Why are we going to bring him back to possibly see what he's got? We've already seen what he's got. He's got nothing. Let him walk. Let him walk. Bring in somebody else. You have money to spend. It's not like we're the Oakland Athletics who don't spend money because we don't have it. We have money. 
and we've discussed it at length where money's not going to fix the whole problem with the Yankees. You have to bring in the right pieces to fit this team. Cashman's not the guy to figure that out. You know who is the guy to figure that out? The guy who built the 16 Cubs World Series team. Theo Epstein, bring him in and get Cashman out and get Boone out. And it's it, because we're going to have the same discussion. I've already said it at length before. We're going to have the same discussion in 2024. So we might as well just put repeats of all our podcast episodes out and take like a three-month break from Yankee talk at that point. Well, it might be a little easier on the soul when it comes down to it. There, jumps a good idea. The uh, it's it, you, you look at Cashman and his his legacy. I guess you could say that. Like it's it's yeah, they got the 09 World Series, and it's but that's that's all of a sudden that's 14 years ago. So if if you take that one out, which they went out and spent a lot of money with AJ Burnett and CC Sabathia and Mark Teixeira and, and on and on it went. They went out and spent a lot of money that year and did what the. Uh, the Yankee uh, Yankee haters saying about going out and buying a World Series, and you could say, yeah, they went out and bought that World Series. But basically, when you only have the one World Championship in 23 years, let's go back even further. You have one World Champion Championship in 23 years, one World Series appearance in those 23 years. What is your legacy that you're bragging about, Cashman? What are you what What are you actually bringing to the table? What are you, what What have you seen the Steinbrenners do? How do you are still employed? Okay, yeah, you're you're great. You're above 500 every year. Who cares? Who cares? That doesn't mean anything. It means absolutely nothing. You've won one world championship in 23 years, and I'm not a dumb Yankee fan thinking you, that, that you're going to win every year because that's not that's not how sports works. It just is not how how it all comes together. But for Cashman to come out and be this, I'm the greatest, and, and the the attitude he showed the other day, and yes, it was towards a reporter. I get that, but the snippiness he had towards that reporter talking about how great the Yankees are, saying that they're, that they're good. My, my resume speaks for itself. The way he was speaking to that reporter, that's the way he was speaking to Yankee fans because that, that these are the same questions that this reporter was having towards the Yankee to, that, that, that the, the Yankee fans have towards Cashman. If they if they could like if I had a chance to talk to this guy, that's the same thing I'd be asking him. So if he's going to be talking to a reporter that way, he's talking that way to the Yankee fan base as well. And I think it's absolutely I, I don't know if he got his dick slapped later on by Steinbrenner or what, because it wasn't a professional look by by Cashman at all. And I thought it was a pretty horseshit move by uh, by Brian Cashman. Yeah, it absolutely was. And, you know, oh, I, I, I wish I could have been a reporter in that room because the questions I would have been asked, if you had told me, if, if Cashman told me the Yankees are pretty fucking good, I think we all know where that where, where that whole press conference is going to go. It, it, it's going to go from zero to 100 real quick. Like you would say, fuck around and find out because, oh, Cashman, you asshole. You cannot stand there as a GM and brag about a team that's not good. I hate to say it. The Yankees are not good. The evil empire to me died when George died. That whole way of baseball died when, when, when George went six feet deep. So did the evil empire. So did the whole blueprint. It all just went when the casket dropped, the evil empire dropped, the blueprint dropped. Hal has no idea what he's doing. Hal's talking about doing an audit. Here, here, I could do the Yankee audit for you right now. We suck. Stanton needs to go. Trade Glaber Torres. Let Severino walk. Don't bring him back. Get rid of Montas. You keep Michael King as a starter because he was pretty good at that. You utilize the farm system. Don't trade everybody in the world for what you think you're going to get in Juan Soto because that's what everybody's clamoring for now is Juan Soto. 
and you're going to have to give up a boatload. And I don't know if I'm willing to do that. If I was the GM, I wouldn't be giving up half my future for oh, one yeah. guy. I'm not, yeah, especially for one year. And then you're not going to pay him because he's going to want, he's going to want Manny Machado type money. And if he doesn't produce the way we think he would produce in New York, that becomes a problem where it's okay. We traded, say, seven, eight farm pieces away. That could help us in the future for one guy who is now not staying. And, and these are the things that Cashman has to look at when he's making these, like, how can we improve this team? Who can we bring in? He has to look at it in a way like, you know, well, I can't trade Jason Dominguez because before he got hurt, he was doing this. So let's see if he can continue on this path once he's healthy. You know, we can't get rid of Austin Wells because, unfortunately, he's the better option out of all the catchers that we have. So you don't have to bring in the sexiest names because we've seen teams win without the biggest names, without having to throw money at them all. I mean, granted, you look at the Diamondbacks. Look at their payroll. They made it to the friggin' World Series. And who do they have? Who do they have? They got no sexy name out there other than what Kettle Marte. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it That's all they got. It's absolutely nuts that, that the people just say, throw money at it, throw money at it, throw money at it. Steinbrenner's basically come out and said, he said, you don't have to spend $300 million to win a World Series. And it's, it's been proven. And that's one thing I don't understand about Steinbrenner is he talks out of both sides of his mouth to the fan base because he's saying, okay, don't do this, but then he goes out and spends money anyways. He can't be a happy camper at all with the billions of dollars he spent over the years on a payroll for one championship in 23 years. There is no way that Steinbrenner is happy with that performance and how Cashman is still allowed on a year-in, year-old basis to just run carte blanche and do whatever he wants. Cashman this this, this week, he was defending going out and getting uh, Joey Gallo. He went, it was, it was an absolute disaster. And then he went out and defended. And I liked, I liked when they got Sonny Gray as well. I, I do. But he was defending saying, well, yeah. these guys were successful on other teams. Okay, they were successful on other teams. So what is wrong with the coaching department and the analytics department with your team that you put together, Cashman? The, that, the, you're the problem. These guys were all hired by you in one, one way or another. So these guys, you say they were successful on, on, on other teams now. These guys were on playoff teams. Okay, why weren't they good in New York then? Are pinstripes that heavy? Like, I, I don't understand how Cashman defends these moves. Then de- defending um, my friend and yours, Josh Donaldson, the nozzle of the, of the year, defending that move with a bitter end saying it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. Well, why? Why is it always just doesn't work out in New York? You're, you're, you went out and hot. You got rid of your, your your hitting coach and went and hired Sean Casey, a fucking podcast host, to be a guy. He's not coming back there. So he's like, what's, what's the point here? This isn't working. Steinbrenner's basically come out and said that him and Judge, he, and he actually said that him and Judge are going to be the guys to be looking into um, to be looking into how how to improve this team. It, it's it's the thing about him that he Cashman isn't a part of the thing by the way Steinbrenner's talking. So what 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 does Cashman have on Steinbrenner? <laughs> I would love to know, but. I mean, I think part of the issues why, like a guy like Joey Gallo, Sonny Gray, even Gene Carlos Stanton, really don't, or even Josh Donaldson, even though Donaldson's older than all three of them, why they couldn't produce here. New York is just a 
it's a big market where it's all under the microscope and, and the pressure is always there to produce. And when you don't, you have guys in the sports media like Michael Kay on ESPN, Don LaGreca. I'm not going to name the other douche that they got with him because he should just stick to Hot 97, the rap station, and WWE bullshit. Um, you have the guys that you have the guys at WFAN, you know, Boomer and Geo, even though Geo don't know nothing. Um, I'd rather listen to Boomer Esiason bash the Yankees than, than friggin' Greg Giannotti ever do it. But you have all these guys in the New York sports media that focus on if Joey Gallo was 0 for 3, this is what they're focusing on. It doesn't matter about anything else. If Sonny Gray pitched an abysmal first inning, that's all they're focusing on for that game. And it's something where with these guys, if they go to a smaller market, less pressure, they can actually play to their worth and value. It is very hard to play in New York, whether it's the Yankees, whether it's the Mets, or in hockey, the Rangers, Islanders, basketball with the Knicks and the Nets, football with the Buffalo Bills, because I'm not going to say the Giants and the Jets, because they play in New Jersey. So, <laughs> which, which which I can't stand that, but it's it, it it's also the moves that have been made where it's like, I liked when they got Joey Gallo because he had the numbers in Texas. It just didn't, you know, translate over into New York because you have all these fans in attendance. You strike out, they're booing you. And it gets to you, and it's hard for some guys to block it out. Like a guy like Aaron Judge could block it out. A guy like Garrett Cole can block it out. Guys like Gallo, Sonny Gray, you know, they can't block it out. And that's why a guy like Zach Greinke, when he's been a free agent, has never come to New York because he 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 values being on a smaller market team because the pressure isn't there. So he doesn't have to deal with being the guy, one. And anytime he has a shit game, he doesn't have to deal with the press being all over him and everybody in that market sports radio region trashing him to no end. Because in New York, that's all we do is we, we, we you know, we, we, we praise you when you're good and we bash you when you're bad. That's that. so it, it's 95% Cashman's fault to why these guys don't pan out. And it's 5% to their own mentalness as well. At least in my opinion, others can see it differently, but the big news that came out of the, out of the end of the season there was uh, basically was they're going to have an uh, external audit, an external audit. Someone's going to come in. They're going to look at all the ins and outs of the, uh, of the Yankee franchise right from the minor league system, right on through what's been working and what's, what's, what hasn't been working. And with this external audit, they're going to have other people come in. We know who hired the guy, the guy who's the, 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 the uh, or hired the company. He's in charge of the analytics department that everybody's bashing. And, and that the, like their because everybody uses analytics. We've talked about it a lot that the analytics are, are being used a hundred percent by every team throughout baseball. But if you're, guys aren't working the, the, the right numbers numbers lie and numbers you can twist and turn the nerds can twist and turn numbers any which way they want to but they can't get a feel of the game they can't get like you were saying how guys play uh in front of big crowds at yankee stadium how they they handle the media the numbers can't tell you that there's no way on a spreadsheet that you're going to have when you have joey from the bronx and, and pd from, from long island yelling at you in, in the stands that the, the numbers can't tell you that and pinstripes yes they are heavy 100 percent, but this external audit was supposed to fix all the things in Yankee land, it was brought up this week that the the head of the analytics department was the guy who hired the anal, this analytics review. So, so what are you doing? You're, like you're just going to recycle the exact same thing and do the exact same thing over and over again. And then you have, and then th also this week, 
when when you had uh, Cashman bragging about these guys that he traded for that that are playing the playoffs, he never once brought up Jordan Montgomery, who's going to get paid now, and everything else. And Montgomery was great, and now they they, they they traded him for Bader, and he's gone already. So, and that those are Cashman moves. He didn't say a damn thing about Montgomery. You're talking about Sonny Gray, who hasn't been here in three and a half years, right? Like it, it's it's mind blowing to me that that this that that Cashman has this carte blanche to do whatever he wants, and then. When when you have a guy who's, who's beloved in the Bronx and for, will forever be, uh, Derek Jeter does not like Cashman. It's it's well known. It's it's been around for a long time. For all intent and purpose, from what you read and what you what you see, the way that uh, Cashman handled handled the judge uh, contract by by letting the numbers out what, what it was going to be and saying this and saying that and, and everything else, and it was Steinbrenner who had to get that deal done for Aaron Judge last this time last year before he became Arson Judge and became a Giant. Cashman's not well liked by anybody, and why he is allowed to make these deals, what handshake agreement he had with with George before George passed away, and it's been 13 years. It's been 13 freaking years since George's been gone. So Cashman and his one world championship in 23 years, one World Series appearance, not even giving the team a chance to do anything. And people can talk about, yeah, well, the the, the Astros uh, 17 and 19, they were t- talking about having um, – having uh, cheated. But you don't know if they would even have won the World Series in the, against the Dodgers in 2017. So that's a bunch of just bullshit speak. Cashman yeah. is a problem, and I don't understand why he still has has carte blanche to, 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 to run this organization. I've got not a clue, and you're going to have the analytics department hire an outside. It, 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 it's real simple. Here's what's not working. Ready? They could hire you and me to do this external audit, and I can tell you right now, it's Cashman at the head that's not working. That's one because of these horrific moves he's made. And now when you talk about, you know, you, you bring up Jordan Montgomery, which he was decent here. He had his good moments. He had his bad moments. It's to be expected. But then he goes to Texas and he's like this 2023 version of like Sandy fucking Koufax. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the guy's literally unhittable. You traded him for Harrison Bader, who, when he was healthy, for, for us, wasn't bad. I'll give him that. But his injuries is what, is what plagued again, us. couldn't stay healthy. They brought him over when he was hurt. Yeah. yeah. And now, if you want Montgomery back, it's going to cost you a ton of money. A guy, again, you already had that you didn't have to pay a lot to. Now, if you want to bring him back, you have to pay him at least, right now, his value, if I had to guess... He would probably get around a five, six-year deal. Probably, he would probably get almost a Carlos Rondon type deal right now. He'll get 130 million bucks. Yeah, and right. he'll get it. He'll get Someone it. Will, I'm gonna pay for it. Left-handed pitchers, they'll, they'll get it. Yeah, like, and then yeah. you had uh, like one thing that made me laugh this week, and I like, and it, it made me smile a little bit because I'm a big, I'm a bunt guy. I'm like old-school baseball, move runners around, put the ball in play because striking out doesn't do anybody any good ever. No. Like, I, I, I can anybody who tells me that striking out and swinging for the fences is a better idea than than just putting the ball in play, I think they're, they're absolutely ridiculous. I understand it's hard to put two or three hits in a row together to get just to score oh. some runs, but and I get it. But for, for Steinbrenner to come out this week and said, and here, and this this was groundbreaking, groundbreaking news from 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 Hal Steinbrenner. We're going to bunt more next year. That's what that, that's your solution to, to the problem of the New York Yankees. We're going to bunt more. Like we're going to bunt. 
that that's how we're going to improve our team. We're going to bunt. I was talking with our manager, Aaron Boone, and Boone's coming back next year, which I'm not totally against, but let's just, the, the uh, judge likes him, so you got to keep your superstar happy. Cole likes him, so you got to keep those guys happy. But you're, how you're going to win a World Series, and this is what your, your, your thought process, this is how broken this team is. We're going to bunt. Like, it, I, I don't understand it. And I, I agree with it, but that is your groundbreaking solution. Keep that internally. You sound like a clown show. A little league team. That's what they, you know, what? we're going to bunt more next year. That's when, dad sit around, that's when dad sit around the bar after little league team is done. And say, you know what? Next year when we have little little Johnny's t-ball uh, team or whatever, their underhand pitch or coach pitch, we're going to bunt. You know what? We're going to teach you kids how to bunt next year. Like, that's a clown show. Listen, I'm for I'm for small ball, I, because you know if you have a guy that's not hitting, an easy squeeze bunt might break that spell a bit. But to sit there in a press conference and you're going to say this fixes the problem, bunting is going to fix the problem. Obviously, Steinbrenner's blind to every other problem around him. It's like he's he's standing in a circle, and you have all these problems surrounding you. And you found the easiest avenue out of it just by saying, well, we're going to bunt more. And and bringing Boone back, I mean, Boone gets a lot of criticism. I've critici criticized him a lot. And, and maybe part of why I'm okay with Boone coming back is you can't put this all on Boone when he's playing the cards he's dealt. You know, it, it, it's like he's going to the, he's going to the Texas Hold'em table. And Cashman's giving him this horrible hand to play with when he's trading for Donaldson. He's bringing guys like Frankie Montas in. What do you want Boone to do when these guys aren't healthy or not producing? He can't He can't control the injuries. I mean, he can control the play on the field, but he can't control the moves made above him. So I'm fine with bringing him back for one more year. But if it's the same result, then you, you both got to – listen, I, I don't think they should have brought Cashman back this year. Fans were against bringing Jeter in, but I think if you brought Jeter in with actual money, unlike in his Miami situation, you might be surprised what Jeter could actually do. And if you were going to get rid of Boone as well, I wouldn't have been opposed to bringing in Mattingly as a manager because he's not that bad of a manager. People want to bash him, but I would give him a shot. I uh, I think that what the Yankees really need to do is, is it, like, and you you don't want to see, go back to well and everything else because you know the, the core four and blah blah blah, but it can't hurt. Like it can't hurt. They they, they brought Pettit in as a as an advisor, and he's one of the guys that that Steinbrenner actually went to, and then and Steinbrenner asked. Um, he asked, I think it was, he actually went to uh, Nick Swisher as well, asking him for some reason, Swisher's matter, uh, uh, opinion matters, but they were talking about bringing, if they should bring back Boone and, and they said, yeah, and that, and, and Pettit said, yeah, and Swisher said, yeah. So it doesn't hurt to have that kind of, uh, like base, like actual baseball guys and going to them. And then other than the bunt thing. So like uh, bringing back Boone, isn't the worst idea. Like they're, they're going into, they went into this season and it turned like Volpe turned out to be a good player, won the gold glove. And I don't know if anybody even cares about gold gloves anymore, but he won a gold glove, no. had a decent year at, at the bat or with the bat. And then, but now they're, they're going in again without a third baseman and again without a left fielder. And, and you had a situation last year where uh, everybody was a little bit uh, scared about what IKF did, but he turned out to be a serviceable guy. He was a, a utility guy, platoon guy throughout the season. He turned out to be not bad. But you know what? He's gone. He's a free agent. He ain't coming back. 
He's, he's not going to. He's going to get paid by somebody else, and they're going to okay. No, you you can't keep just reloading with 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 uh, with uh, free agents. You want to try to build build from within because that's what the Yankees actually did when they were successful. But they they got what? to do something because their because their their farm system hasn't worked. It has not worked at all. Like the guys they bring up, they they play for a little bit. Yeah, this guy's not very good. So they trade him away. Yeah, this guy's okay. Then they trade him away. They they. They just don't seem to – they hold on to guys for too long. Like Severino, they held on for too long. They probably could have trade, traded him away. They they held on to um, uh, Gary Sanchez for too long, got, got nothing for him. Andujar, he had a, a, a good year and a half, good two years, and you could kind of see him waning a little bit. They held on to him and got nothing for, for these guys. And they never, ever do anything, and, that, and that's on Cashman. And like, like the team yeah. is – the team isn't good. The team just isn't good right now. And and anybody who thinks that they are, they're 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 missing out because they're these other teams are so far and away better than the Yankees right now. And their record shows showed exactly who they are. And it's it's years of just being being mediocre. And we say it all the time on our show when you're when you're mediocre for a long time, eventually it catches up to you. Because mediocrity brings it brings mediocrity. And if you're not winning, and the days of players just getting getting their wanting to be Yankees because the, the big payday was there. Those days are gone because every team goes up, not every team, but there's a lot of teams that go out and spend a lot of money now. And the Yankee and the, the, uh, the, uh, the sexy place to go and, and getting paid was if you became a Yankee, you, you, you made it because you were going to get a lot of money. Now every team makes a lot of money and these guys are all have a lot of money going in. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you see big name free agents. Now they're going all the way up to, you know, Toronto or they're going to, San Diego, or they're going to Texas, even. I mean, yeah. you you never seen that in the past. Where like, you, would you ever expect? I mean, you want to go back? Would you ever expect Mark Teixeira to actually go to say the, the like the Marlins? Even free agents are willing to go to. I mean, it, it it's gotten that bad when the Yankees are not on your list of teams that you would want to sign to. Because you know it's just going to be this archaic system of doing things. Like, you know, if you're a guy like me who likes to keep all his facial hair, you got to shave it all. Which, by the way, get rid of that shit. It's so archaic. Who cares if the guy wants to go out there and look like fucking Johnny Damon when he was with the Red Sox and he looked like the Geico caveman? I don't give a shit. As long as you're producing, that's what matters. As long as there's wins, that's all that matters. As long as there's playoff appearances... Uh, appearances that's all that matters world series comes out of it that's all that matters i don't care if you come out there shaved like a fucking newborn's ass i don't care cashman's gotta break away from this archaic system and just i just oh god just talking about cashman makes me want to vomit all over again <laughs> no i i like i agree with the, the facial hair things you, you look at like every team that got like uh, there's that one guy on the uh on the phillies i think that's a, a little extreme with the greasy hair and the greasy beard now that's a little extreme. oh brandon marsh. Uh, brandon marsh yeah i think that one's a little like dude here's some uh, head and shoulders go wash that go wash yourself up a little bit it's but it, uh i do i do think that that's got to change a little bit because you're gonna have like a like with bryce harper what he've had to shave uh, to not bring 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 a harper in that which he said they never they never even gave me a, a, an offer like he was willing to go there and harper look what he's been doing yeah like look what harper's been doing with the phillies yes they came up short again this season but harper's been the guy for the phillies he's rallied that team around him and he's been a, a leader that this team has needed I because I don't because Judge is he's a leader and he they named him the captain and blah blah blah. But Judge isn't the kind of raw raw guy 
that a guy like Harper is that, that can rally a team around him. Like Judge, he just leads by example. He's quiet, quietly leads a team. He doesn't jump up and down and everything else. And, and he, he's not a vocal kind of a guy. Whereas a guy like Harper, who was willing to come to the Yankees, they never even gave an offer. Yeah. And the, and the saddest part is, in all of that, is, you know, um, like, like Cashman Singh was, well, Harper couldn't play first base. What's Harper doing in Philly now? That's what he's doing he's now. playing first base. So, because, like, even when Rizzo went down and you didn't know that he had post-concussion syndrome, right there, Harper could have filled in at first base for the rest of the year, and you don't lose any of that offensive output. But... This that is Cashman. This is what we're – That goes back to what we were talking about earlier on about uh, the the uh, the uh, training department, the athletic department, whatever it may be, the medical, the medical staff, how they mishandled that Rizzo situation uh, right from the get-go, how he he played for about a month with the concussion, and that's never a good thing. Now, now what we know what we know about brain injuries and everything else, and more and more came from uh, baseball or from football and hockey, obviously, than than baseball. But uh, to for that for Rizzo to be allowed to play for as long as he did with the concussion, and he wasn't right, and there, and and you, you don't know if he's coming back next year or how effective he's going to be next year. For the medical team to not know what was going on there. Uh, there's something missing with that medical staff. And I, uh, Jim, what's your thoughts on that? Like there's something really messed up there, really messed up. And that's organizational. That's, that has nothing to do with the players. That is an organizational flaw that they've had. And, and like you said earlier on checking these guys for back injuries and, 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 and bad arms before they, before they even sign contracts. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It, it's one of those, I don't know if they just like hire these guys straight out of medical school where their degrees, you know, like where the seal of approval, like, hey, you could do this in the medical field, you know, where the stamp is still fresh. I have no idea. But how is it like like when you look at the NFL, how they handle concussions, right? Obviously, you have a concussion protocol. Why doesn't Major League Baseball have that? Why, no. why, why don't they have that? Because had they had that, Rizzo would have been protected. And he would he wouldn't have had to felt like he had to play. And you can't I can't say you could fully blame the medical staff because Rizzo's got to say something earlier too. He's gotta be like, listen, you know, I'm not feeling right, guys. You know, I, I shouldn't right, be out there. He's gotta go to he's gotta go to Cashman. You know, he's even if he's gotta bypass all of them and go straight to Hal and knock on his little bronze door and say, Listen, I can't play. You know, I'm fucked up. <laughs> you know, I wake up every morning and I feel like I down like half a bottle of freaking Jameson and I'm waking up feeling hung over, but I didn't drink it all. You know, it's, it's, something there has got to be done. And so it's kind of, they, they go hand in hand where, you know, as far as the Rizzo situation, the Rondone situation is clearly on the medical staff. Like, how do you not know this guy didn't have something wrong? Like what does this physical consist of? Is, you know, is it like when we played sports and, you know, and we had to do sports physicals for high school and all this, you just go in a nurse's office and it's just, all right, drop your drawers and they cup your balls, cough, okay, you're fine. <laughs> is that the physical? Because if, if so, I could pass it right now. It, it's, yeah, it, it's. I might it's, have trouble with that with someone grabbing my balls and trying to cough. I don't know if I could do that anymore. One of those things, but yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely absolutely crazy. And then you like you, you go ahead to 2024, and this team, 
They don't really, because if Rizzo, you don't know how he's going to be. So right at first base, you don't know what you got. Second base, you don't know what you got because they're talking about trading Torres because he's a free agent at the end of next season. So And he was one of their best hitters last year. So do you trade Torres and what are you going to get back for him? You don't know, right? So then you got you got at shortstop, you got Volpe, who's, who's shown that he can play, but is he going to take a step back? Because a lot of times when guys have a good rookie season, they get the sophomore slump. They don't have a third baseman. Who's playing left field? Center field, what do you, like, it, it, they're, they're, for 300 million bucks or 275, whatever they're, they're spending, to me, they got a couple of pitchers. Like, is Cortez going to come back have a better year? I, I hope so, because it couldn't be worse. Yeah. You have you have Garrett Cole and you have Aaron Judge and a bunch of pieces and that's it. So the eighty two and eighty that they were last year, it ain't looking like they're going to improve it for next year. No, and and the Garrett Cole situation, Cashman better hope that he finds all the right pieces because if this is the same result in twenty twenty four, who's blaming Garrett Cole for opting out? You have Yankee fans all over Twitter saying he won't opt out. If I'm Garrett Cole. Yeah, you paid me all this money. It's nice, but I came here to win championships. And if I can opt out and go back to, say, Houston to do it, then that's where I'm going. You know, then then, then that's what I'm doing if I'm Garrett Cole. I'm opting out because you're wasting right now with what the Yankees have. You are wasting the prime of Garrett Cole. You are wasting the prime of Aaron Judge. Even if they re-sign Glaber Torres, you will then be wasting his his prime. And if you trade Glaber Torres, I keep seeing reports to Boston for friggin' Alex Verdugo. I've First off, that. do not do not trade in the division. That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen or heard of in my life. And if Cashman does that, oh, trade I've, him in, trade him within the NL to a team where you could get more. Why trade yeah. him to Boston, the most hated rival in the in the AL East? Why do it? I, 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 I'm not. A it, I, 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 I think he's a bit of an idiot and his chains and the things and the stuff. I, I, he just rubs me the wrong way. Maybe that's the old, the old guy. And me get off my, get off my lawn with all your stupid shit that you got going on all the time. But it's just, I, I'm not a, I'm not a Verdugo guy. And I, like, I, I quite like Libertores. Like he, he looks lazy because I, because I think he's a really smooth player, like defensively. Yeah. Like I, I, and he can hit. Right, he's uh, he's uh, he's he's like Robinson Cano. Cano was didn't run the bases very hard, but he, he he's I think he's he's so good that he he looks like he's not playing hard and playing second base. He gets his auto far throw and everything else. But I I quite like Cano. But I, I like do they trade him? Because if you're not going to win, you might as well. Because once again, all you're doing is you're wasting the primes of these guys' career. And with getting back to Judge and getting back to Cole, they've had they they have more money right now than they've ever thought they'd ever have. Cole's probably once he wins the Cy Young this year, he's probably solidified himself as going to the Hall of Fame. He's one of those yeah. guys. Judge needs to have a, a a couple of good years and go out and get himself in the Hall of Fame. He might already, you know, once he hits a few more home runs, because he's not going to hit 62 ever again. It's only ever been done once. But if he can go out and hit 50 a couple of times, and then he's going to the Hall of Fame. What these guys want, they want championships, because when you when you go in the Hall of Fame, you, it'll, it'll say all your stats. But at the bottom, yeah. it'll say one-time World Series champion, two-time World Series champion. And these guys, that's what they want to, to, to solidify their, their legacy, I guess you could say, right? And just because you're rich, there's lots of rich people. There's lots of them. Yeah. wish I was one of them. It's one of those things. So these guys want to win, especially when you get to that elite level like Cole and Judge are. And like you you nailed it 100%. You're, wait, you're completely wasting the primes of these guys' career because you're going to see, you're going to see the, uh, the arc of the, of, of, the, of the curve soon with these guys, right? 
eventually you, 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 you get the back end of these contracts and they're not as good as they once were. Injuries with Judge have already happened. And he's going to get to a point where he isn't going to be able, because you, you get paid, your that, that big contract, you get paid for the first three or four years of it. And then the back end, you're like, well, that we paid him for what he did, not for what he's going to do anymore. And Judge only has two to three years that he's going to be a, a, the guy that everybody's uh, looking, looking out for. My thing is, like, going back to Glaber, if you're, if, if you're going to treat him, you do it now because his value is at the highest it's ever been. 100%. If you're going to keep him, though, then you don't overpay him, but you don't underpay him. And, and yeah, he does look lazy. He does have that Cano feel to him, except Cano had a little more pop in the bat fast because he also yeah. took a little extra pop in the oh, ass with a needle. There, yeah. but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, he, he was a little juiced up, but, you know, with, with, with Torres... He's one of those. He, he he's. I wouldn't say he's like a fine tuned player, but he's one of those guys that if you can keep him, and he could be an integral part of winning a World Series, then you got to pay him kind of middle of the road. Like I wouldn't be opposed to giving Glaber Torres like a four year, say ninety million dollar deal, because that, to, to me that's fair in a way. You're not underpaying him, but you're not overpaying him but you're kind of paying him kind of in the middle and you can maybe give him after year two, if he wants to opt out, then you could opt out. Um, but if you're going to trade him, don't trade him to the Red Sox because watch him go to the Red Sox and then be this like hall of fame, second baseman. And we're all going to be sitting there going Cashman, you dumb shit. That's just going to happen. If he does it. And if, and not only that, if you're going to trade Torres, you have to get the right pieces. Get a left fielder out of it. Get a third baseman out of it. Get a pitcher out of it. Get get what you need out of this trade for Glaber Torres. Uh, you're not going to get it all, but you got to get some of it, at least. Yeah, if you're going to trade trade one of your best players, you better get guys who can play right now and not get prospects because all prospects yeah. are just guys. You don't know what you're getting out of a prospect. You have no idea. More prospects fail than, than succeed, and, and that's just fact because prospects are just bodies that have maybe a good stat line down in the minors, and the Yankees have, have shown year in, year out, they don't produce down in the minors. And if their big yeah. if their big thought process of how to improve their fucking baseball team is to teach guys in the minors how to bunt, then what, what are you doing? Like, that, like, what are you doing? And I, it's 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 really frustrating as a Yankee fan to go into the season already, and it's only November 11th, uh, to go into the season already thinking they don't stand a chance next year. Like, they don't. You, 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 look, you look right now. The teams that finish ahead of them, Baltimore is not going to get worse. They're only going to get better. Right? No. They're only going to get better. The Jays, they're, they're, that's the Jays, who are the Jays are, they might get a little bit better. They, 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 they've been talking about spending a little bit of money uh, this offseason because uh, I think you're going to see Guerrero have a better, better year than he did last year. And the Jays were already a playoff team. So you already have two teams in your division that are, that are better than you. And then Tampa's Tampa. How they do it, I have no idea because they, they don't spend any money at all every year. But Tampa never wins anything. So people really got to start stop jerking off the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays because they, they never win anything. But you already have three teams in your division that are better than you on November 11, 2023. And we're not even talking about spring training in 2024 yet. And yes, there's going to be deals that get made and everything else. But if you if you have to swap out your entire team to have a, a chance at winning a division, how bad is your team right now? And to go back to the beginning of, beginning of our conversation, for Kaufman to say, I think we're pretty fucking good, you're not. 
You you you, nope. you 100% are not because we just went through the lineup and we don't know who's playing in six positions. No, nope. there it is. And and then you're talking about bringing in Kevin Kiermeyer, who's been in the league how long now? We listen. This Yankee team can't get older. You have to get younger. I mean, you want to bring Kiermeyer in as a guy to spell, you know, judge and right field for a day to play DH. Listen, that's fine. But if you're going to give Kevin Kiermeyer a shit ton of money to come here, then Cashman, again, you have no clue what you're doing. You know, and, and, and that's the problem with Stanton. I had it figured out three years ago how you could have got rid of Stanton. And it was when the Cubs were ready to unload you, Darvish. And it was simple. You trade Stanton to Chicago, and you would have got uh, Jason Hayward, who now they're all, I hear, they're, they're looking to bring in. To, to play the outfield. He's not that young either. You could have got him. could have got you, Darvish. And I forget who the other guy was. And you could have got rid of Stanton and uh, Andahar and, and Frazier all in that deal. And you could have told Chicago, listen, we're going to pay a quarter of this deal in Stanton. You pay the rest because we're going to have to pay you, Darvish, because you, you wouldn't trade for you, Darvish, if you're not going to give him an extension. And now you have the other issue with 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 speed with Japanese players. You have the one guy who's about to be posted. I, I can't even pronounce his name. I'm not even going to. But then you have the biggest Japanese free agent out there, and Otani, who now apparently is considering playing on the East Coast. Does Cashman just say, "Now nah, we're not interested"? Yeah, you have to at least offer. They got to look into it, but but where but where do you play him? Because you're you're still then 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 you got a problem. Then you're still stuck with Stanton as your DH because Otani isn't gonna isn't gonna pitch this year because of his his Tommy Johnson that he's no. having. So now you're now you you have twenty five million bucks on the bench because because I said that two three years ago three years ago with Stanton you probably before before we even met I talked about Stanton this guy is going to be an albatross to the Yankees for years to come because he's a, he's a one trick pony and it's a bad trick. And he's not doing a damn thing now, and he hasn't done a damn thing. It's in, he had a couple of good runs there, but he hasn't done a damn thing since he got there. He can't run the bases. He looks like the Tin Man. We've talked about it before. Stanton <laughs> is one of the biggest reasons, one of the biggest reasons why this team is failing. And yeah. it's, it's and because they, they got it, they got to play him. They, they got to play him at twenty five million bucks, whatever he's getting. You got to play him, and he's an absolute disaster. It's been a disaster since they got him. Yeah, it, it absolutely has been. And, you know, when the Yankees made that deal, you were hoping you got the Miami version of Stanton. And we've gotten the, like, I don't even know what version this is, but it, it's, it's not a good one. And it's a, it's a deal where even if you trade them, if you don't eat half the contract, you're getting nothing in return. So you, in essence, if you want to trade Stanton, you have to eat almost all this contract now to get anything in return. Anything. It, it's And it's one of those where Cashman, you know, yeah, it looked great when we got him. All right, we're going to get this guy who hits 50, 60 home runs a, a year. That's great. But the question always was, can he stay healthy? And he can't. He can't yeah. do it. He can't. He right. literally is. He's literally walking. He's literally running negative five miles an hour to get to friggin' home plate. And why are you even sending him? You know he's not making it, so just keep him there. Keep him at third. 
I don't, I don't understand where this team's going. I don't understand what Cashman's got on Steinbrenner. I, I don't understand. I don't get any of it. And this team isn't getting better. They're getting worse. They, they're, they're falling behind in the division. They got to do a lot more than anything. I, I, I don't, I don't, do not know going into 2024. I, I hope they let us know. And I hope that the, uh, the mate, the big solution, to the whole thing, I hope they got more than we're going to learn how to bunt. Cause that's all I've heard so far is how they're going to improve this team is they're going to learn how to bunt. And if that's, if that's the solution to your problem, you might as well, like you said, we must fast forward to 2024. 25 because it, it ain't getting better right now it's not it's an absolute disgrace a wasted year of for judge a wasted year for cole and what 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 are you doing like what are you doing as a franchise what are you doing because the the, the rangers aren't getting worse and they just won a world championship the 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 houston astros ain't getting worse and they're always right there they couldn't if they could win a, a home game or two the, the houston astros are in the world series again year in year out and they and they traded parts and pieces away and the the Astros are still right there every year. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's frustrating. It's so frustrating it's, to be to be a Yankee fan. And everybody like people are, people revel in the fact that when the Yankees lose, everybody kind of like especially around here, they laugh at me. You get a lot more Yankee fans out your way, so it's a you get a lot more more frustrated people coming into your shop. I'm sure, but I I don't know what they're doing. I I, I and yeah, people ask me, and I said I I don't know. I, I have no idea. That's what I tell him. I just go like this. I, I don't know what to tell you. I said, ask the guy who's creating this fucking disaster piece in, in Cashman. Friggin' ask him what's going on. Don't ask me. I don't work for the Yankees. I just work for a parts company. I, I could tell you how they could fix the team, but they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to you. And when you look at the list of free agents, Cashman's got to, you literally have to, in essence, you, you have to take a flyer on every single one of them. You, you almost have to 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 fit to fix the issues here. Like if there's a young left fielder out there that you can get that could play now, if you have to overpay him by like five million, go fucking do it. As long as he could produce, that's all I care about. If you could find a third baseman, you have to overpay him by two, three million, you go do it. Even if you bring back, even though he was hurt all last year, Gio Urshela, and you know you could bring him back on the cheap because he was hurt last year. I love it. I, bring I would bring them back. No, they shouldn't have. But that's one of those where we wound up with friggin' the pain maker, as I like to call him, not the rainmaker, yeah. and fucking Josh Donaldson, which this I understand. Josh Donaldson fan club. Josh Donaldson. I, I understand. I understand you had to move Sanchez because of the you know the the, the little issues that they had there between him, yeah. Gerard, this guy, that guy, whatever it was. But you didn't have to make Urshela the casualty in it. To bring in a 36-year-old third baseman that's well past his prime. And piss away 50 million bucks. You you weren't willing to go after Bryce bucks. You weren't willing to, to pay for Bryce Harper, but you were willing to pay for Josh Donaldson. Yeah. And double down the, on Donaldson this past yeah. offseason saying he's the guy to, to help his team out. They doubled down on the on and the, the way they spoke about Donaldson being the solution to the problems. He was one of the problems. 50 yeah. million bucks it's atrocious it, it's really atrocious because when they come out and they say we're not going to spend all this money you know to, you know this isn't the way we're doing it anymore that's fine i i you know i understand george was one animal hal's a different animal i understand it but then you go and you pick up this third baseman granted it's a trade but then you take the contract with it i would have been like listen we're doing you a favor by getting this cancer off your team. You fucking pay this guy. Instead, no. Cashman's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. We'll pay him, too. 
So it's like that 50 million you were paying him. You could have took that 50 million and brought in four guys that, that could have produced more than Donaldson. But you didn't do that. You invested 50 million in a 36 year old who played how many games and then produced how many home runs and RBIs and it laughs more when he strikes out than, than hitting home runs. It, not, it's just, not, I just thought it's not, not what they got to do because you have the, these legacy players in judge and in Cole, you, you have to, who you're paying a lot of money to. Now you have to go and overspend to get other yeah. guys to make sure you can win a championship. So now they got to spend so much more when, on, on guys that they are already have in the system. Now they got to overspend to, to, to try to re replenish it, to do something, to make sure you're not wasting these guys' careers. Like and 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 Hal said, we're, we're, you don't have to spend three hundred million dollars to win a to win a world championship. But you know what? You're going to have to because your team stinks. Yeah. Yeah. Your team is so bad right now. You're going to have to overspend what you wouldn't have had to two years ago. Two years ago, you had a better team, and now you got to spend a whole yeah. bunch more to, to 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 try to get even close to where they were two years ago. Like yeah. it's, it's mind blowing I mean, to me. I'm even seeing people because I don't know what I, Mike Trout's either going to be traded or he's whatever his situation is. And I'm seeing Yankee fans, you know, and the Yankees Twitter group or whatever talking about we should go out and get Mike Trout. Listen, Mike Trout's great when he's healthy. That's the key. Health, healthy. Because did he play? How many games did he play last year? He didn't play a lot because he was hurt too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong on that, but not very many. I, I mean, I, I mean that's the other key too. Is when, when you get these guys, the training staff's got to keep them healthy, and they're doing a bad job at that. I mean, the, the judge injury was a freak incident where you had Yankee fans saying the Yankees should sue the Dodgers, you know, yeah. because that's been on. there for fifty years like that. Come on, like, like really, really? We're we going to sue the Dodgers because Judge ran through a wall. I, I, and 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 stubbed his toe on concrete and it wound up breaking it and and then managed to play the pretty much a majority of the season through the pain which I'll give him credit for that but even but even that they couldn't even tell you how severe the injury was they, 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 that's just how clueless this organization is from top to bottom where it's like you know you hear reports all right he'll be back in a week then it's oh no it's two weeks then it's three weeks well now we don't know how do you not know how do you not know this is your top guy you're paying a boatload of money to. You need to know. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't get to it. To get even deeper on that, Jim, to get, and we'll, we'll get uh, going here, but to get even deeper on that, if a big toe, think about it, a big toe, if that's a downfall of your season, that's how bad your team is, Cashman. Yeah. A big freaking toe. It's a very big toe on Aaron Judge. I get it. But if, if one big toe ruins your entire season, you're done. You're done. Yeah. I just don't get how we I just don't get how I, I, I just don't get how they don't see that Cashman is the head of the problem and why you just the, the, the guy who's created the problem is the guy you're asking to fix the problem it, it's just not gonna in this situation it just doesn't work it doesn't work to keep the guy who's made the problem worse year in and year out and then you're asking him to fix it you, you got to just, if, if I was Hal, that last game of the year, I would have went right to Cashman. I don't care that we just signed you to a four-year extension. You know what? You're gone. I'll even pay you for the four years. You can go sit on an island somewhere, yeah. sit fuck my ties, 
and, and do whatever. I don't care. But you're gone. I'm bringing in Theo Epstein or I'm bringing in Jeter or I'm going to bring in, you know, uh, GM, whoever. And they're going to replace you. And they're going to fix the problem. Boone, you're, I'll give you one year under this new GM. And if it's the same result, you're gone. It's just there's a point where Hal has to take accountability and ownership in, in, you know, as far as him owning this team and just finding his ball sack and just being like, I'm done with this. I can't live in a state of mediocrity because the Yankees now are not that they're not that franchise anymore to be afraid of. And Hal has to make them become that again. He has to create his own evil empire with his own blueprint. And I don't think he knows how to do it. Look, I think you're going to see this, Jim. I think you're going to see it a lot. Like tickets sold are going to go down because people don't like nobody ever wants to go to a. I know that they get a lot of tourists who go to Yankee Yankee games who come to New yeah. York. I, I understand that, but you're going to see a lot less tickets sold to people in New York City who are, are just sick of watch this team lose because nobody goes to a, a game to watch their watch their team lose. Nobody. And with the ticket price the way they are and the chicken buckets, how much they cost, and getting a fucking beer at the stadium, how much it costs, you're going to see a lot less people going to the games and. And that's when, and that, and only, only then, that's when you're going to see Steinbrenner go. Oh shit, we're lo- we're not, not losing money, but we're not making as much. And that you're going to see that. You already saw it last year where the play, place was empty. Like the tickets are sold is one thing. Yeah, yeah, the tickets are sold, but people want because the things are expensive nowadays. And so if you're going to go to a game, it's going to cost you upwards of 200 bucks. We talked about this last time. You're on the, talking the exact same thing. If you're going to get a person to spend 200 bucks, just one person, you better be putting you better be putting a, a better product on the field than what I've been seeing the last couple of years because that is unacceptable. What, what's been happening out there in New York City? It's unacceptable, and it's not and it's not like it's a it's a toy anymore like you have over across the city out there in Queens where this cone guy is just throwing money wherever and he's developing that area. Now they talked about this week what they're doing out there around City Field. The Yankees are a brand. But if that brand is broken, which it is, people are going to stop going. It happened in the 80s yep. and it happened in the early 90s. And eventually that, that that shiny new toy, because you got a bunch of kids, and I've said this before, you got a bunch of kids who are just TikTok sensations and all they're doing is making videos in the, in the stands. They aren't watching the games. They don't care who wins. It's the people no. who who are pay, been paying for a long time. And they saw it in the 80s. And you, you look at those old, old Mattingly videos when he's up there, there was nobody at the old place. And if, if that team doesn't start winning and doesn't start winning soon, that is the only time that, that, that Cashman is actually, or, or Steinbrenner, sorry, is going to see that, the old, you know what, we have to do something because this is broken and we're not making money because that's all that's all that these teams care about, these owners care about, is making money. Yeah, they, they say they want championships, but if you're not making money, that's what's all going to come, come to a fruition. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those, like, even, like, I get free tickets from my job and eventually it'll just be, even if the ticket's free, I'm not going to want to go to watch a fucking a broken brand. You know, like I went this pa- I went this past year to to like one or two of them, and it's just it's you I, like from from my perspective, it wasn't the, the electricity just isn't there the way it used to be, especially in the old Yankee Stadium. Like in the old Yankee Stadium, when like when it was a big game moment, I was afraid the stadium was gonna fucking cave in. This it's like it's just lackluster. It's it's not even there, and and me. I'm sitting there going crazy, and people are looking at me like I'm an asshole. It's like, you're a Yankee fan. Get up. Get excited. Do something. Like, come on. I don't care if I'm, like, fucking eight beers deep in at that point. 
granted, I'm the smart Yankee fan. I, I pregame in the parking lot, so yeah, I'm not spending. Yeah, that's the way to do it because I'm not spending two, three hundred in there on freaking alcohol. That's for sure. No, it's uh, crazy. Even when you go to uh, before the game, if you go to a couple hours before and go to either Stands or to Billy's or the Yankee Tavern or to uh, the dugout across the street there, the uh, how they, they can change the beer prices from like at three in the afternoon to five in the afternoon, how it goes from five bucks a beer to nine or twelve dollars a beer. That feels It's unbelievable how they, they get away with it. But people places are, are, are semi full. But you, like, like I said, you, you go to the you go to those games. And it's more of a social event now because the, the fans aren't the ones who are, who are paying to go to these games. It's It's a bunch of. Uh, college age kids who are there for a social scene and a party and everything else because you, you don't have those diehard fans going to games anymore. And I, like, I didn't go last year, but in the years, like since I started going there in 2013, I went seven years, then COVID and everything happened. And then I went last year, but or two years ago, sorry, it's not the same atmosphere. Obviously, because 2013, they, they were just off winning a championship, so they still had that luster. Mariana was yep. still there in his last year, and Jeter and, and, and the like. So you still had uh, the, the championship uh, pedigree was still fresh in people's minds, and it's not there anymore. It's just not. And I think that they, the, the most smart Yankee fans, which, which you and I – I don't know how smart we are when it comes to other things in life, but it's uh, it's one of those things where you, you the, the smart Yankee fan sees it and they're sick of it. They're actually yeah. sick of it, and that, and and they're going to have like when when you have these fire Cashman nights, Al can't be that stupid. Obviously, he's not as like, but but how he's so deaf with it, I have no I have no idea. How to, to be so tone deaf to your fan base that you owe everything to. Yeah, your dad got your dad bought that team for ten million bucks back in the seventies. Ten million. It's worth over how many billions of dollars now? Yeah. Like how you're so tone deaf to your organization or to your fan base? I have no idea. I I don't understand it. And and the fire Cashman nights. Uh, listen, it it. Uh, I'm trying to word this where I don't upset the sensitive Yankee fan. But you know what? I'm going to wind up doing it anyway. It's just, it's just, it's, it's fucking stupid because yeah. they're not listening to you. You could, every Yankee fan could wear a fire Cashman shirt. They could freaking make one at home with their little cricket machine. You could have signs made up. You could do this. You could do that. Did it work? No, because Cashman's still here. So it didn't work. So their voices didn't matter. Our voices don't matter because Hal listens to the analytics department. He listens to the other people who have a hand in, in bringing in money for the Yankees. And even though he should be listening to the fans, well, most of us anyway, the knowledgeable ones. But the other thing I get a lot of is like when we bash the Yankees, I get a lot of, well, you're sour because now they suck. Yeah, they do suck because in the 90s, like for my generation of Yankee fans, we got spoiled. All we knew was winning. And now... You know, but I also I'm I was born in '82. I saw the mediocre Yankees in the '80s and the early '90s before you know Joe Torre inherited Bucks built team and Cashman inherited you know Gene Stick Michaels built Yankee team because people still think that Cashman built that, that '90s Yankee dynasty. No, he didn't. So there's some education for you because this was all, Jeter, Mariano, Pettit, all these guys were brought in. Before Tory was ever the manager, before Cashman was ever the Bernie GM, Williams, and now about he's right there yeah. too, yeah. And now we see what kind of GM Cashman really is. It ain't that great. Did he add pieces here and there throughout the years? Like, yeah, getting Tanaka was a great move. But even Tanaka knew this Yankee team was going nowhere. Why do you think he went back to Japan? 
Why do you think? Because he knew his prime was being wasted. And he was like, you know, I can go sign anywhere else. But you know what? I'm going to go back to Japan and I'll win there. That's what he did. And, you know, I even I had a Yankee fan ask me because now with the whole Trevor Bauer thing being over with, would you actually bring Trevor Bauer in? You want to know what? I'll be honest. Yeah. I bring in Trevor Bauer to be a number three. And if he works himself up to be a two or even a 1A, 1B scenario with Garrett Cole, then so be it. And you don't have to pay Trevor Bauer a ton of money right now. No. You could bring him in on a one-year, $10 million show me, and let's see what happens. You, you know, the Yankees are going to have to – you know, it's like the old saying, the biggest risk is the one you didn't take. The Yankees are going to have to have that type of offseason. They're going to have to take risks they normally wouldn't take, and hopefully they all pan out. They're one hundred percent. Like I like I like I just like I said earlier. Like they they're going to have to overspend their problem. Yeah. Like and 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 the free agents are going to know that because they they'll see no one else go over here. Like I already yeah. have like 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 who is it? Is it uh, who's the uh, the big uh, Bellinger? Right. They're talking about him being the the big free agent out there. He's gonna say, yeah. okay, I'll 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 play for twenty five million over here. But to be a Yankee, you're gonna pay me thirty two. Yeah. Right. It's one of those situations because the guy's already got money beyond that he's beyond he'd ever think right so they're, they're gonna have to outspend yeah. their problems and it, it's it's gotten to that point and it's it's all cashman it's on cashman and and it's and how they're talking out of both sides of their mouth it that's what's troublesome to me it, it's just there's there's there, there's a diff, definitely a lack of cohesion at the at the top and it, it's trickling down to, to to you and i sitting here talking about it today and it, it's it's quite ridiculous uh let's let's uh just go end this in a second here how's your uh your Pittsburgh Steelers are hanging in there they're hanging in there. They're not the most electric team out there. They're not putting up big numbers, but they are playing well enough to to hang around. I don't know how they're doing it, but I don't know. I, I guess the football gods are looking down on them and just saying, listen, even I feel bad. You guys are stuck with this fucking Matt Canada asshole. But I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I got to combat that, too, because. You know, I get I get the the Yankee haters on me all the time. I get the Steeler haters on me all the time. Then I have to deal with the delusional Browns fans. I mean, I'm getting it from all angles, like Cashman at this point. But yeah. I mean, the fact that if you ended the season right now in the NFL, you have four teams in the AFC North making the playoffs. Yeah, the, 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 the Steelers right now they're not. I, I hate to say it, but I can't be that guy who does podcasts. That's a homer that thinks nothing's ever wrong with their teams. Because if I did that, who the hell would listen, right? The Steelers offensively are not that good. They're not. They got a lot of problems. They need to fix them. Um, You drafted Kenny Pickett for a reason. And for people to say he's not the guy, it's only year two. And I discussed it when I did Cigar and Sports with uh, E-Man from Average Show Sports. You can't determine a bust in the NFL till year three or four. If it's the same nonsense from year one to year two to year three to year four, then we're talking about player X, whoever it may be, being a bust. They're already saying right now in Carolina, Bryce Young's a bust. But look at Carolina. You have nobody protecting this kid. How do you expect him to survive? Well, like, there's a reason why you, you, you end up being a high draft pick because your team, the team that drafted you was bad. Yeah. Right? And, it, and it's, it's actually that quite it's – that, it's that simple. Really good college players or junior hockey players, whatever it might be, they get drafted 
two bad teams because those teams were bad the year before. So one guy yeah. isn't going to fix that problem. Like, and not not in one season. No, there's no way. It never. It does. It's not the way it works that way. Like, you can't expect the Super Bowl one year in from a bad team to uh, a quarterback showing up and being being the the next coming of Christ and changing everything for you. It, that's not the way football works or any sport for that matter. No, no, it doesn't. And I even talked about how maybe the NFL should change their draft process where it's not the worst team getting a number one pick where you kind of go the NBA route where you have a lottery, where you take the, t- the 10 worst teams with the worst win percentage, whatever it is, and you do the NBA lottery and whoever gets whatever pick, then that's who gets to the pick them. You know, so if say you had like this year right now, you have the Bears that suck, the Panthers that suck, the Cardinals that suck, the Packers that pretty much suck, um, you know, a whole bunch of teams. That really ain't that good. And you put them all in the lottery. Who's to say that if the Panthers ended the year with just one win, that they necessarily get the number one pick? They could get the fifth pick in the draft. I think it would add intrigue to the draft as it is. But I've been getting a lot of, ah, they should just keep it the way it is. But if the NFL wants to evolve and make it a better product, because we already know what issues they have within it anyway. But that's one way to do it where these guys actually have a shot of going to a team that's kind of already built, but they're just a player away that could be the quarterback. You know, if you're going to draft a quarterback, number one, you better have the pieces around them to not only protect them, but guys that he could throw to. And Carolina, you have one guy that you could really throw to, and that's Adam Thielen. And he's 30-something years old. That guy's got not much left in his football career, so... To sit here and say that guys like Bryce Young aren't going to make it in the NFL, you're sadly mistaken because it's one of those where these guys that go number one get fucked 100%. every time. They 100%. get we, me and Dave. Me and Dave uh, talked about that a lot actually. That uh, if you if the if you win a Heisman Trophy, you should probably just stay in school because the team yep. that's going to draft you is going to be bad. Like that, and it's almost a kiss of death when you go to the NFL and you got a Heisman Trophy uh, on your resume. It's like, oh Jesus, I'm going to go to a really, a really bad team. Like you look at Caleb Williams; his dad came out basically said, "We'll see if he comes out." And there's a lot of crap that goes out with that Williams kid. He's, he's a good quarterback, but and then uh, the the Sanders kid out of uh, with the Dion Dion's kid, Prime Times kid. There, he said he's not coming out because they know they're going to go to bad teams, right? And you can't blame them. Like, you can't blame because they get the NIL money and everything else. So you can't blame these guys to say, you know what, I'll just stick around here for another year and I'll pick and choose who I go to. And I, I, I like, pro sports is the only, the only thing where when you're at the top of your game, when you're coming out of college or junior hockey, whatever, where you don't get to pick what, where, where, where you work. It's the only thing that you don't get to pick where you work. And it's, it's almost, like you said, it's almost unfair. These guys, they end up on these bad teams and then they, they, they lose two or three years of development because they, because playing, playing pro sports is a lot different than playing, playing in, in, in college. It's, it's just different, bigger, faster, stronger, the whole bit. And then the professional way of life and everything, like it's just different. Right. And so for these guys to, to not have a choice where they're going, it's, it's pretty shitty. Yeah. It is. I mean, and you look at the Khalid Williams situation, like when his dad came out, his dad pretty much told him, listen, you can make more in your senior year in college because of your NIL deal than you would coming out this year. So why So why come out? Stay, get that fourth year, get your degree. I mean, it doesn't matter whether he comes out this year or next year or whether Dion's kid comes out this year or next year. But the thing with Dion is, he knows if his son comes out this year, he's going either two, three, or four, or whatever team needs a quarterback. Yeah. So he may not even be in the top 10 because 
these teams in the top 10 might already have a quarterback, so he may go even later or not even in the first round at all. Yeah. So if if I'm if I'm Dion's kid, I don't come out till next year. If I'm Khalid Williams, I stick it out in USC for another year. And that's the way you got to look at it because especially in the NFL, it's a big gamble because the injury is always there that could end your career. Right now. And you see these guys you see these guys that come out like Sauce Gardner for the Jets. He came out what his junior year. He went back and got his degree. You need that because if if you have an injury that takes you away from the NFL forever, you got to have a backup plan. And that's where these kids are getting smarter as opposed to players of yesteryear like the Dan Marinos and Joe Montana's, even though they made a ton of money and, and are legendary quarterbacks. These kids, are, these kids now are smarter because they know that injury's there, so they need that backup option. And having a degree is one of them. That I wish, honestly, I wish I friggin' finished college to have one because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing in life right now. But then again, I'm not an NCAA quarterback and I don't play pro sports. So there it is, one of those things. No, it's <laughs> it's it, it's quite mesmerizing. Like especially with no guaranteed money, right? And and that's cool. like they like, like baseball's guaranteed money, but it takes a long time to come to go through the minor league, like three or four years for some of these guys, cool. right? But NFL, you're uh, you're you're one you're one sack away from be, being done you know, a broken leg yeah. or whatever it might be. And it, it happens so often, like so many guys are blowing their knees and their, their Achilles are, and everything this year. It's just like bang, boom, that's it. Right. And it's one of those things. Yeah. No, Jim, this is a great conversation. As always talk about the Yankees or the, the lack thereof, uh, the Yankees, I guess, kind of the way this turned out, but we, we kind of had an idea. It was going to be a, a, a hashtag bash the cash kind of a, a day. Uh, no, thanks once again for coming on. We, we've got to get together Anytime you know. and uh, we'll do it. But uh, what do you got going on there at Fan the van headquarters? You're a busy guy. Uh, tomorrow morning, me and Garrett recording Steel and Teal, probably around like eight or nine in the morning. So, you'll you'll, you'll get the live reactions of the Colt Patriot fucking pillow fest that that'll be. Um, which I I you know I, I got to I, I I listened to the one of the latest you that you and Dave did with the whole why is the, why was the Dolph, uh, Dolphin Chief game on at nine thirty in the morning, and I I totally agree with. With, with both your guys' opinions, that was one of the sexiest matchups of the week. Yep. With playoff implications, playoff seeding implications, why is that not the Sunday night game or even the Monday night game? Half of the country never got to see. Why? It. Like who? I, I like no. You, 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 you got to be play any team. Six thirty in the morning. No one, no one in LA is getting up to watch that game. Nobody. No. No, unless um, again, unless you're one of those diehards who could wake up at six thirty and start pounding down whatever friggin' alcohol you want of choice, but yeah. you could have put you could have put you, <laughs> you could have put the Browns versus the Seahawks there, and you would have got a sellout. You could have put you, you could have put us as a team there, and, and it would and you, and you would have sold it out. I mean, I, I, listen, I, I understand the NFL wants to expand. To you know the European markets, and I'm all for it, but you don't have to, especially when you have teams in these playoff scenarios. Don't do it. Just, just don't. It's like like having Colts Patriots makes sense. Both teams are mid at best, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah, I don't like yeah. the NFL. Well, it's it, they're trying to take over the world. They don't have to. 
Like, and that's they don't have to. They, they they're big enough. They can just they just they throw a lot of teams out there that are, that are mediocre at best. And people watch. So you don't they don't have to to do that and alienate the fans they already have. And that's what that's what I felt that they did there. Uh, no, Jim, that's this was fantastic. We'll like I'm going to get out to New York next year for sure. We'll get together and we'll we'll host a beer and we'll uh, we'll, we'll bullshit about the Yankees and complain about them. I, I'm I'm quite sure the way it's all going to turn out. Thanks a lot for doing this and uh, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll do it again soon. We'll have to get you on uh, maybe in a week or so. You can join into me and Dave's. Uh, fuck that team segment and talk about the NFL for one of those because uh, I'm sure yeah. you'll have your fuck that team situation coming up as well. So yeah, once again, oh. thanks for doing this and tell us about, tell us about the fan of the van actually. Uh, well, right now I got a ton of new episodes out. I'll probably be doing another one Tuesday, like a week 10 recap. Um, sure. I'll be doing some Cleveland Browns bashing as always. Uh, for those who have listened, uh, people actually are starting to like that. I do the voice impersonations a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I did one where uh, Whitey Duval from A Crazy Nights came on. So now I kind of incorporated that where he's kind of like the imaginary co-host. And at my job, like there's cameras all throughout my store. So I get calls every other day from the guy who watches the cameras, the security guy. He goes, you're right. Because like the way I do it, I have a chair that spins and, and moves around. So like I do it where it looks like I'm looking at him, then I spin it around, and then I change the voice. It's it's a lot of work goes into it. It's yeah. it, it's mesmerizing. I actually had somebody ask me, "How did I get the guy who does his voice to come in and actually do the episode?" I'm like, "Oh my god, are you see?" I go, "I did the voice." They're like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah, I did." The, I it, it it's me. Even like I had Taylor Swift on, I did like some ditzy blonde voice for it. I mean, I you know what? I, I just got to have fun with it at this point. You know, it's not about making money, but for people who want to get into podcasting, I've discussed this at length. People think this is easy. I've I've had Browns fans tell me, oh, if you do a podcast, it's easy to talk shit. It's not that easy. Believe it or not, it's not that easy to, to, to do this, especially you. You have like 90 million shows. I'm sure it's hard for you to do it. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it just it's hard to podcast. It really is. like another show and somebody else's internet goes down oh god you gotta love it gotta love it but yeah it is you know for those who have asked me while well, i wait wait for brent to come back on those who've asked me how hard it is to do podcasting it's you got to come up with topics you got to come up with you know you got to come up with just a lot of things what you know what you're going to discuss within the topic you got to be knowledgeable of the topics of which you discuss um yeah, it's just, it's not easy to podcast. And, you know, for those who stuck around to watch me and Brent bash the Yankees, if you're a Yankee fan that disagrees with it, well, then you could tell us why you disagree and why you think that Cashman's comments about the Yankees being pretty fucking good are accurate. We could tell you why you're wrong. And um, 